This is the Raw Food Health Empowerment Podcast with Samantha Salmon and Darrell Hilton Salmon. Tune in every week for practical advice that will help you live your healthiest life. If you want to go deeper and get more support, sign up for a free health consultation. The link to schedule your session is in the show notes. I look forward to helping you on your health journey. Maslow's hierarchy of needs is a motivational theory in psychology, which is depicted as a pyramid with various levels. Needs that are lower down in the pyramid must be satisfied before individuals can attend to the needs higher up in the pyramid. The bottom um, levels that are listed are listed as deficiency needs. And if you'd like to see a visual, there is a visual on the show notes of what this um, pyramid looks like. So at the bottom are listed as deficiency needs and they arise due to deprivation. So people are more motivated when those needs are unmet. And the longer those needs are unmet, they're even super (laughs) motivated. Um, And then at the top of the pyramid, those are considered growth needs. So once the deprivation needs are met, then people start looking towards the growth needs. So the motivation for deficiency needs at the bottom decrease as the needs are met. Um, And for the growth needs at the top, the motivation increases as those needs are met. At the base of Maslow's pyramid, the, the foundation is physiological needs. And these are biological requirements, according to Maslow, for human survival. Example, air, food, drink, shelter, clothing, warmth, sex, and sleep. If these needs are not satisfied, the human body cannot function optimally. Of course, this is all according to Maslow. Maslow considered physiological needs the most important as all the other needs become secondary until these needs are met. Once these needs are met, they move on to safety needs like financial security, health and well-being, etc. So as I've been working in public health, I find the theory very interesting. Our special guest today, Amanda Nicole Smith, vegan and raw vegan recipe creator and founder of Purified Lifestyle, a soulful online journal, has remixed Maslow's Pyramid, which inspired this conversation. My mom herself also has her own version, which leaves the question, how do you prioritize your needs? As you'll notice on the show notes, I go into even how the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, which is where I received my certification for uh, coaching, has their own depiction of self-actualization or self-fulfillment. It's not a pyramid like Maslow, but instead a circle. Um, and as we talk about um, Amanda's idea of how to work through her pyramid and um, my mom's idea, you'll see why the circle may even be more beneficial than an actual pyramid. And if you want to see that circle, it's called the circle of life. Please click on the link and head over uh, to the show notes. The way Maslow talked about it, like the psychological needs are air, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing, reproduction. Those are like the basic things that people need. And then after that are safety needs, personal security, employment, resources, health, and 
prosperity, right? Now, in in Amanda's version, she has hers a little bit switched up. Particularly the base of it was what I found most interesting, which was the survival portion in the base, clean air, pure water, just like Maslow. Nutritious food is the part there, the nutritious mm. food. And then, you know, that next level up is health, well-being, financial security, uh, freedom from fears. That's that safety level. Mm. Now, you know, what I've observed in our community is that they, you know, people want to see the financial security first before they invest in nutritious food. Like at the base, they will just do any type of food, you know? Right. And then once they get that financial security, then they're interested in, um, you know, nutritious food or actually thinking about longevity and optimizing their health. Mm -hmm. When I look at her pyramid, Mm -hmm. um, it reminds me of the food pyramid. (laughs) No, I was, it reminded me of a conversation I think I talked about on the podcast before, but there was an event I went to where this guy named Derek from Social Justice Learning Institute, which is a nonprofit out in Inglewood, he was talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and particularly speaking about the community. And as we're trying to um, promote, you know, fruits and vegetables and whole foods and things like that, um, Mm -hmm. it's difficult when you have, you have, you know, communities that live in food deserts, food apartheid, you know, they're dealing with environmental racism so that clean air is an issue, the pure water is an issue, you know, people don't even trust the water. So like even in Los Angeles, I've, you know, heard some people say that there are companies coming in uh, selling water mm-hmm. and it, it's a... I guess it's it's not fair to the people because there are people who don't trust the city water and they're buying this water, but it's the same tap water. And so these people are being taken advantage of and all this. And so this, there's this whole conversation around that. And of course, I have my own thoughts and opinions. I mean, I've, I've read articles even coming from, from uh, reputable sources, you know, mm-hmm. journalists that say that this L.A. city water, despite what all of these people say, is, is not clean. Um, it's not like it's going to, you're not going to break out in hives or leprosy or whatever, but you know, it's, 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 it's circulated wastewater that's chemically treated. It's not fresh spring water. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, I would never try, I would never drink from any municipal source. However, I do use that water to wash my fruits and vegetables. So traces of it is, you know, being ingested. Exactly, because um, when you think it's clean, you're using actually dirty water to wash yeah. it. Yeah, and then we're showering in it. I use a filter, mm-hmm. but the filter is, you know, is going to take out as much as it can. I I doubt it takes out 100% of all of the, you know, right. toxins yeah. and contaminants. It only takes out some, really. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, things to wrestle with with this Maslow and in terms of like this 
the situation we're in now in public health, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. The people most at risk have underlying chronic health conditions and chronic health conditions typically can be uh, reversed or mm-hmm. prevented reverse right. and or prevented with fruits, vegetables, and other things, keeping these toxins out of the body. So even this base level survival level of clean air, pure water, nutritious food, and shelter, mm-hmm. you know, um, it just has me thinking like, how has this country really tried to support health and well-being, you know? They're not supporting it. Yeah, I personally think that we've, we've, as a country, have walked ourselves into this situation. Well, the government has a lot to do with it because they're spending $8 trillion on processed food alone. I mean, $18 trillion on processed food alone. So they have a lot to do with it. And the people who buy the processed food is the people who get food stuff. Because I just learned this today that Okay, just let's say chicken could be, just let's say, hypothetically speaking, chicken mm-hmm. could be a healthy food for, for, for somebody who, who still eat, eating flesh, right? Okay. But food stamps cannot buy them chicken, but it'll pay for soda that's full with sugar. Mm-hmm. You can't use food stamp to buy chicken, to buy a rotisserie chicken, sorry but they'll pay for a bottle of processed soda full of sugar. And that that's because the sugar industry and Coca-Cola, I remember that there was a documentary I was watching, and I forget the name of it at the moment, but um, when Michelle Obama was, you know, really trying to get this healthy eating thing off the ground. I forget the name, her Move More campaign. Right, or whatever. yeah. But before the Move More uh, campaign, she had started a garden and she was trying to encourage healthy eating. And in that conversation, there was a overhaul. So we used to have the, the food pyramid, but Mm. then she came in and she wanted to adjust it to the plate because, you know, obviously the plate makes more sense than a pyramid. People eat off plates, not off triangles. Right. Right. Yeah, Yeah. So, in that process of her trying to adjust this image, which affects a lot of things, it's, it's more than an image. This mandate or this guidance by the government, by the federal government, is used in all schools and it's also used in the prison system, in the youth juvenile justice system. This is how they're feeding these people. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of institutions when we when we they do uh, food programs through um, different you know government institutions, including our libraries and stuff like that. They're all looking to this thing, so it it has a lot of weight. Okay. Yeah. And so in this conversation now, she managed to rejigger the stuff so there's no meat on there. There's just a protein section. Mm-hmm. Um. And the dairy, <laughs> the dairy, I, I feel, I would hope that she was trying to get that out, but that's still there on the side, even though most people on this earth are allergic to dairy. It is not right. something that we should be consuming past weaning, especially not from our own species. To think we are constantly, perpetually raping animals 
and pulling their children away from them so that mm -hmm. humans could drink their milk. It does in not make sense. Instead of the animals get it. Right. Yeah. You know, if we did that to people, we would think that would be inhumane. But how, how exactly are we different as living beings? Like, like, you know, this is where I guess to me, my spirituality kicks in. Mm -hmm. Because um, people could find all sorts of ways to justify things. But when you operate um, from a place of love and humility, mm -hmm. like I don't see my life as being, you know, above that of a horse or a dolphin. I love horses and dolphins, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. why do they not deserve to live, right? And, and some people look at some animals that they love and feel like they are on a higher pedestal. Like, for example, in America, we don't eat dogs. But, but over some in, country does. Exactly. And in, we love dogs. In France, they eat uh, horses, right? So now, as, as, as humans now, should I say that because we're American, we are smarter and more humane than the French because they eat horses, such a beautiful, peaceful animal, you know? Well, so could be the cow and so could be the goat because the goat is the next thing to a lamb. Right. So we are not, we are not better than anybody else now. I would never think so. Right, which has me feeling like, you know, this, this whole practice of how we do animal agriculture and the necessity, first of all, the necessity is not there. We do not need it. And the pain and damage that it's doing to our planet, I mean, our planet right now is actually able to breathe. And according to the science, I know at least for the state of California, our air in, in LA in particular has never been cleaner since we've mm -hmm. been sheltering in place, you know? Right. <laughs> so it just shows how toxic human beings have been to the earth. And now that we're forced to stay indoors, the, the environment is actually able to like recover a little bit. Um, but anyway, so Michelle Obama with this plate. So the dairy is still there, but in that struggle in this documentary, they showed that all of a sudden, the soda companies started showing up. They made sure to get a front row seat, Coca-Cola right. and Pepsi. We need to be in the mix. We need to be involved with this. They want to be at the table because they want to make sure their products stay relevant and that they can continue to make money for their shareholders. They're not concerned about human beings. If they were, they would completely change their products right you know they couldn't make mm -hmm. other stuff they it's not like the company would have to close down and they would lay off people they could just make other things you don't need to make soda soda has nothing but sugar and chemicals yes chemicals are water and so this is why you have um you know the thing like what you're saying where sugar weakens the immune system fruits and vegetables do not Exactly. And we're already subsidizing pro, uh, food. So mm -hmm. we need to be subsidizing actual healthy food. Exactly. And so I, I really thought that her 
you know, Amanda's um, interpretation of this uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, just has me thinking about a lot, especially in terms of public health and um, where people are focused. Um, I see where they have spirituality, where she have spirituality as the last. Yes. <laughs> I'm wondering how come how could that be the last in her life? I don't understand. I mean, how could how could spirituality not the first presence in her life? Because from birth, from birth, it's supposed to be the first thing. See, because even birth is just a miracle from God. So I think spiritual might not be upside down though, to be honest with you. Mine would be spirituality, mm-hmm. then love, then safety, and then survival. And I then mean, esteem my, would be the last? Uh, well, I don't know. I just um, don't, I honestly don't see people focused on spirituality when their survival is not. Because when I look at survival and that's comfortable shelter, I'm thinking about the homeless. And okay, when you're but can homeless, I, yeah. Can, can I say something to you? Yeah. Uh, spirituality to me is like having faith. When you have faith, mm-hmm. you're going to survive somehow. you really going to because... See, that, that's what the sermon was today. It's about the mind. You know, mm-hmm. like for you to have a, a real clean, perfect mind, your thoughts have to really come from spirit, from a spiritual being. You know what I'm saying? From God's. You know, are, are you God? Somebody that telling you something good in your heart. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just how I look at it. Like growing up as children, that's the way I was brought up. And that's what made me strong spiritually, even in my older days. Because I remember how my parents them survived through some rough time because of their belief. Mm-hmm. So when I look at survival, it would not be my, my um, I don't know. That would, be your, that would be your foundation. It, it's my foundation, yeah. But spirituality is that's where I I I would build my, you know, your parents build you up on that, mm-hmm. and then you learn how to survive through that. So according to her thing, because this the way she has it depicted here, and when she you know comes on, she's going to explain how right. I would like to hear she explain it how to right. work through this, but. Um, the way she has it depicted is that you work your way up and you master the foundation before you move on to the next. So based off of what you're saying, if for you, spirituality is the foundation, then you master it's a foundation that. foundation for me, yeah. You master that before you worry about clean air, water, nutritious but, food, and shelter. No, yes, because true spirituality is going to give me the strength to go through all the rest of the stuff. Mm. Because from for safety... Yeah, I got to I got to be spiritual to walk to 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 for for safety to walk in. That's where faith come from. You mm-hmm. walk, you know. Okay, so it's a little different. It's a little different the way I think in right now because and that makes sense to me because I I find that people with that spirituality as a foundation have more resiliency. Yes, because I'm gonna tell you what happened to some. A lot of times. If people become very successful, 
and spirituality is the last of everything, mm-hmm. a lot of people wouldn't have it. Who is successful? You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. yeah they will figure, okay, I'm already successful. Well, I'm already successful. Why would I need spirituality? But I think spirituality is the foundation of everything. And this is why people, you know, you train your kids from their young. This way they grow up very strong. I think that's where all that meaning come from, you know? I, I do see people with money, though, clinging on to uh, spirituality to give their lives meaning because they've already achieved money. They've achieved. No, I don't say all people, though, Sam. I say some people, if, mm-hmm. it's, if it's up to some people, they, they, would, they would not. And they're waiting for, for spirituality to be the last one. Their foundation is like a man building his, his house upon the sand. Mm. You got to be more concrete in your foundation. But mm-hmm. as I say, I'm just dying to hear how she explained that one. Yeah. But that, that's not the first part of my pyramid. The first part would be spirituality. Yeah. And I think, I think this is really fun for us all to look at and see yes. how we would plan out our hierarchy of needs what mm. is the foundation that we need that's like you know and then move up move up move up because I feel like it will look different for each person um and having having something to work through for yourself it's a very good visual to like mm. focus and find you know okay this area of my life really needs attention and how to kind of prioritize things. So once okay, you set so, up your own priorities, right. then you could work through them. So the full potential she has there, um, you realize the full potential is when you get to that spiritual part of it. Mm-hmm. But my recognition of the full potential would be when I starting out, I have to go out in that faith. I don't know. As I said, I'm just anxious to hear her. Yeah, yeah. Real anxious. <laughs> All right, so let's bring on Amanda Nicole Smith. Welcome, Amanda. Tell me, how exactly did you come to organize it the way you did with nutritious food in the survival level, which is the foundational level, and then financial security at the next level, which is safety? Uh, Well, when I was beginning my journey, uh, I was trying to find how to be the most balanced in all of the tiers. So as I go through each of the tiers and I ask myself, where do I spend the most time? Where do I need to spend more of my time? Uh, The very first tier, they always say, start there. Uh, So I started there and I was like, all right, well, I'm not eating the most nutritious food. I'm not even eating really good food. I haven't really put that much thought into it. You know, it was McDonald's and the worst of be worse starting out on the sad diet. And so as I started to look at how to balance my life, I tried different foods. I first started out as vegan. And then I realized that I was just taking my bad habits and I was just dumping it into this section. So I was getting fast food vegan style and I was getting all of the processed foods and boxes that I was used to buying. So then I was like, okay, well, this is hindering the other sections of the pyramid. It's very hard when you're eating foods that don't make you feel your best to even move on from that, to have a healthy state of mind, to have a healthy body, to feel like, okay, now I can work on everything else in that pyramid. So I really had to dive into the details. It was like, okay, I need more nutrients 
because we could argue all day about what's the best diet, but what you really can't argue is that you need nutrients. You need nutritious food to keep your, your body building, repairing, and uh, being the healthiest it can be. So that's why I uh, put nutritious food rather than just food. So for the uh, financial security in the safety, it also came to my attention that it was, it was difficult to buy nutritious food without working on my financial security because it can get expensive if you're buying the best of the best quality, the most nutrient-rich food. Uh, so it can get a little bit pricey in some areas if you're, if you're not budget-friendly. So anyway, uh, I really needed to figure out financial security before I could take it to the next level for the bottom tier. So they all really intertwine. I see. So that kind of led me into my second question when I was looking at it is how should someone work their way through the pyramid? So my best advice is always start with the survival tier. Find yourself the cleanest air, the purest water, the most nutritious food, and the most comfortable you can make your shelter. And that is a great foundation. And it doesn't have to be all at once. You just do a little bit here, a little bit there. Then you work up to safety. You do a little bit here, a little bit there, whatever grabs your attention. And then you say, oh, I have more financial security. How can I get more clean air? Oh, now mm -hmm. I can buy a really good filter or I can buy a reverse osmosis water system and I can buy those young Thai coconuts that are pretty expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, all of it ties into it. And then when you're feeling good and when you're eating nutritious food, you have a wonderful shelter to recharge in, you have pure water flowing through your entire body. You feel like now I can really put myself out there in the love tier. You can really be a good partner in a relationship, any relationship. You can be good to your community. You can share your knowledge, your passion. Uh, you feel like you belong as, as a reaction to that. And I feel like everything builds off of each other. So after you have all the survival, safety, and love, then you go to esteem and you feel confident, you're getting recognized, you feel like you're really starting to build up your strength and, and, and you're able to go back down the tiers and say, all right, now I can do it even better. Let's go. And then lastly is the spirituality where I feel like you could always tap into that. So you don't have to start from the bottom. You can start from the top. You can start just relaxing, meditating, breathing, tapping into, you know, that higher power and, and then bringing that energy down the pyramid, back down, grounding yourself back down to survival. So they all really intertwine. So you're constantly working your way up in cycles. Mm -hmm. through each level and it's kind of more like a circle like you're always rotating back through to make sure that you're you're hitting all areas that you need to target in your specific life mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so how did you even get into raw vegan recipe creation uh, I was performing acrobat dancing so uh, the lira the hoop I was in the circus for a little bit. Wow. I was, <laughs> yeah. So I was performing at a high athletic uh, standard. I was making wrestling videos because I wrestled pretty much my whole childhood. So wow. it takes a lot of stamina. And I was eating crap, like I said. I left my mom's house, and she was making me some good food. But then, no, 
no, then I didn't have it together. I didn't have any really good habits to bring with me into that realm. So I was getting sick and I needed to do something. So like I said, I tried vegan and I was just bringing all those bad habits. I was eating all the processed food. So then I was like, all right, raw vegan, let's try it. I was, I was hungry at first following the recipes that were out there 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I'm an athlete. I need to eat more. So that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to make heartier meals. I'm going to make a little bit more substance and I'm going to bring in what I used to love in food. Like, um, I loved burritos. So I, my first thing that I really wanted to make was a really good taco meat, a really good raw vegan meat that I could just put in whatever wrap I was feeling at the time and devour all of it <laughs> because mm-hmm. I needed I needed that substance and so, so was, was the goal to like do this full-time forever or just as a cleanse for a while it was definitely uh, play it by year I was full in I was a hundred percent I was even worried about the almonds being pasteurized mm. I mean <laughs> and yeah and nutritional yeast and all that. I was worried about, oh, that's cooked. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then I detoxified. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to add in a little bit of this stuff that I, I'm iffy about. And then I started gradually adding in more and more foods and um, taking with a lot. I took, I took a lot from raw vegan into my new culinary style, which is sprouting your beans to cook it so I will cook some foods but I make sure to sprout it and I make sure that it's at low heat so not all the nutrients go away and it's easier to digest so raw vegan has helped me in so many ways it is mm-hmm. the foundation that's awesome yeah and I I resonate completely with that because I feel like just getting ingrained in the raw vegan world helps to incorporate more fruits and vegetables into your life. So even if you don't stay 100% raw vegan, your diet is still so much better. Just, you know, positively impacted by the movement, you know? Yeah, yeah. So what's your best advice for making raw veggies taste good for folks just starting out? Uh, The very first tip that comes to mind is the quality of your ingredients. So I feel like uh, if I were to eat a carrot or a bell pepper from the store, I can taste the truck on it. Mm. (laughs) Like I have a very sensitive palate now that I've been doing raw a lot more. I I can really taste that. So my best advice is to first pick the freshest right out of the ground from the farmer's market those vegetables taste so good as is the carrots are sweeter the tomatoes are sweeter and everything just still has life in it so it tastes so good I could just eat a pepper right off the vine or right from the farmers and that's it that's all I need to do but Mm -hmm. if we're talking about store-bought food and you want it to taste good I'd say chop it up really fine like that raw vegan taco meat I was talking about you could put so much in that Mask it with your favorite spices. I love adding cumin and chili powder and chipotle powder. All that just makes it taste so good. And you can get a lot of it in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So those spices were those spices that you were using before you decided to go vegan? 
Uh, no, that was more you buy it in a packet and what it is what it is. It's taco seasoning. Right. Was no <laughs> so because what I'm thinking is like what I've always encouraged people is like whatever flavors you've used to marinate your chicken in, just use that with some beans, you know, <laughs> and so you yeah. can get the same flavor that you enjoy. Is that kind of like what you were doing? Like you were already used to those flavors. So you're like, oh, let me just try it in a raw dish. Honestly, I'm coming from the lowest of the low standard American diet where everything was, you know, boxed mashed potatoes. Like it was that mm. bad. So flavors were not in my vocabulary. So I was literally tasting spices raw as is just to see what they would taste like. And mm. then I developed my favorites. Got it. So it was a full on <laughs> experiment when you started. It really was. I just submersed myself into it. You were asking me if it was a full-time thing. It was full-time for a very long time. I was completely submersed in the whole yeah, experience. Got it. Got it. So what are the top five ingredients that you can't live without? Top five? Uh, well, this morning, every morning, my daughter and I, she's two, we make um, some kind of smoothie or ice cream or milkshake. So I'd say bananas is pretty much number one. That's top. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we'd do without that. Um, number two, we love cashews. We can't get enough of them. What are you uh, doing with them? We make trail mix. We just have a big bowl, a big community bowl that we leave out and we keep restocking. So it's got cashews, mulberries, um, Raisins, sometimes goji berries and pecans, walnuts, almonds, throw it all in. But cashews, number one. Dates, probably number, oh wait, no, sorry. Bananas, number one. Cashews, number two. And dates, number three. And yeah. dates, like are you making desserts or is that to sweeten your smoothies? We do put it in our ice cream. Okay. So yeah, we just had a chocolate sunflower seed, flax seed with the cacao and the bananas and mm, so good <laughs> and and two dates cool so yeah we do that and we do like those raw vegan brownies too those are mm -hmm. great the dates but that is a lot of dates a lot yeah. of dates <laughs> it's a, it's a treat every once in a while greens it's got to be some kind of green like a sprout micro greens put it on everything pasta sandwiches you name it. And number five, this is a really hard question. I like all food. <laughs> <laughs> what do we buy the most of? Um, ooh, help me out. What's your favorite? My top five? Yeah, well, top five. Um, so my smoothies, like I have like basics, which are the bananas, like you said, almond butter, I love. Um, and then greens is really good to have in every day, whether it's in the smoothie or in a salad. Um, I also um, have nuts. Pecans are in the cupboard at all time because sometimes, um, or walnuts, because sometimes if I run out of bananas, you know, like rotating bananas can be a, a little difficult. You either have mm -hmm. too many getting ripe at one time or you don't have any, or they're green, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of mm -hmm. like funny, like avocados. 
so if I'm not, if I don't have bananas, my backup breakfast is this um, like a raw vegan oatmeal with um, crushed pecans and two apples, or I'll use pears and cinnamon and stuff. And I just mm. make that in a food processor. So that's really good. And then um, the other thing are sliced almonds or raisins, <laughs> just to add texture to my salad. It gives mm. it more, I don't know, just it's more satiating, more fun, you know, because um, I already said greens, which kale is like the number one in the greens, but just to number have one. like... Yeah, to have that, the different textures and the different flavors before, I used to love to just have like the spring mix because it was easier and I just wanted something fast. But now I need, I need texture. I need, you know, so the almonds and raisins um, or almonds or raisins, you know, depending, uh, that would be my number five. I would just put that together. <laughs> okay. Okay. So yeah. you're going into the specifics. All right. I got to say, I didn't say this. Last one, fruit for sure. Whatever fruit, season it yes. is. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's got to be number one, really. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All fruit. There's, there's no favorites. Whatever's in season. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so where can folks find you on the internet and social media? You can find me at amandanicolesmith.com. Um, and amandanicolesmith is also my Instagram handle. You can find me at purifiedlifestyle.com and uh, Purified Lifestyle on Instagram. I'll be building that up here soon. Awesome. And we'll also have all those links in the show notes and the link directly to where that um, your version of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I think it's very interesting, thought provoking. You know, I, I would really recommend everyone to just sit and like, reflect use it in your journaling time to see where in your life needs the most attention at this time and i'm sure for many people there is focused on just a few areas right now given you know this pandemic that's happening right now so mm -hmm. thank you so much amanda for joining us thank you so much for having me it really is truly a pleasure i'm glad you found me it's wonderful to talk to like-minded people yeah, and thanks for sharing those awesome recipes. I love all of them. They all look great. <laughs> and, I, and I love what you said about the fact that you were experimenting for yourself. This is brand new. And you dove right in and were creating recipes. Like, everyone should do this. Like, have fun in the kitchen. Explore. You know, there are a lot of recipes out there, especially in the raw food world, um, that do, don't work for everybody, but it can work for somebody. And you can manipulate it to work for you as long as you understand the basics but you have to explore see what you like and see what you don't like so you know how to modify where needed so thank you for giving us some foundation to work from and play with uh, to make it work for us thank you so much for listening today please be sure to subscribe so you're notified on all our future episodes when they're released